Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the September 12th edition. On to the three things for today. The first one is simple or easy, and using a framework that Coach Dan John uses, what if we make four quadrants out of these and see where that gets us? We are all obviously wired differently. There are certain things that are more in tune with our unsaid or sometimes even undiscovered preferences and prejudices. We find them straightforward to do. We find that they resonate with us. And there are certain things which are orthogonal to us. We find them hard to do. It's just how it is, right? A few of you found sitting at a desk and listening to a teacher easy. You found writing exams simple. While a few of you found sitting at a desk impossible, let alone paying attention. You froze when you wrote your exams, even though your prep was exceptional. It happens. Now, what is simple? Well, simple is anything that's not complex or fancy. What is easy? Easy is something that requires or indicates either little effort or little thought or little reflection. For the purposes of this discussion, I refer to little thought more than effort. Effort is required for pretty much anything we are doing. So the boundaries to the effort and requiring little thought. Now what I've seen by this little thought is the less you have to figure things out and the more of do this prescriptions there are, People seem to find that easy, even if some of those recommendations are freaking ridiculous. So in quadrant one, we have things that are simple and easy. In quadrant two, we have things that are not simple, but easy. In quadrant three, we have simple, but not easy. And in quadrant four, neither simple nor easy. So simple and easy, walking. There's minimal skill requirement. There's minimal thought requirement. How am I supposed to do it? Do I need to train for it? No, you already know to walk. So you just need to get out and walk. Simple and easy. That's quadrant one. Now, what about not simple, but still easy? Most diets fall here. Now, please remember, I'm not talking about effort. It still takes effort. But the thought required, because of the strictly defined nature, 
It is easy to know what to do and it is easy to know when you've made a mistake. Calorie counting seems to fall over here. It is tedious. It requires a high level of detail and it is not something that aligns with me at all. But there are so many apps out there today which make it so easy to do. Dosa, idli, whatever it is you're eating, the apps have a number for you. So, you just plug it into the app and you do it. So, it makes it easy to do, but it is a little complex. A ketogenic diet, a paleo diet require some complex things. They're complex because life gets in the way and they are not in flow with your day-to-day life. They require quite a bit of stepping out of that zone. So diets are calorie counting. Even though they are easy, I don't think they are simple at all. Once again, they are not simple because they don't flow with life. But once you get the hang of it, they actually tend to get even easier. But do they get simpler? Well, you can get better with your habits, but going out with friends, for example, being in a social situation and following a diet that is restrictive, not simple at all. In quadrant three, we invert quadrant two. Things that are simple, but not easy. The daily nine system falls here. It requires you to know about your food. It requires you to eat a minimum amount of protein and vegetables. It needs you to figure out your sleeping. None of these are easy. Right? For someone who's not in a regular habit of eating vegetables, of course it's not easy to just start eating vegetables. But it's simple. Eating vegetables is not a complicated matter. You know what vegetables are. You know what to do. It is a simple system. And forgive me if this sounds like a plug. These are just examples in my universe. It is a simple system because it places extremely few but powerful constraints. You can follow any cultural way of eating. You can mix and match. You can eat South Indian one day. You can eat North Indian one day. You can eat French the third day, Italian the fourth day, anything. You can eat one meal or you can eat 10 meals. It doesn't matter because it's a framework. It conforms to however you want to eat but there are a million ways to skin the system. So that makes life simple. But it requires you to put in a lot of thought. So it's not easy. Because contextualization is the difficult part for most of us. And again, it does get simple and easy once you start drinking the Kool-Aid. But for most of us, simple not easy. That's where it falls. And in the last quadrant, we have not simple and not easy. Now, here's where transformations 
fall. They require an inordinate amount of work on top of ensuring your entire life is aligned and revolving around this transformation. You need to follow a specific diet. You need to have your training on point, sleep, recovery, and you'll need to do this for a significant amount of time. Not simple and not easy. So what can you do with this framework? Well, for some of you, calorie counting might be simple and easy. And that's what a lot of nutrition apps are betting on, right? And I can totally see it. After repeated use, it just becomes second nature. And well, for some of you, walking might not be simple and easy, which is where I've clubbed it. Because maybe you have severe time constraints. And solving that is not straightforward. The value is in understanding what the toll of a task is. Some demand more time or more energy or might have a higher barrier to entry. Calorie counting for me is next to impossible for anything longer than a week. But D9 is second nature. So know where things fall in your context so you know how to approach it, how much time and energy to invest. In the long term, simple works, easy works. So try to find things that fall over there or orchestrate your life so that Things that are not easy become easy. Things that are not simple become simple. And that's the first piece. On to three quotes. I have slightly longer quotes. The first one is from Darren Brown. In the same way that the platonic idea of, say, treeness is different from and so much better than any particular tree we may see, which may have branches missing and other imperfections. So a person will never embody the qualities we perceive in them as perfectly as we might imagine. While the loss of self that we feel when worshipping another can feel intoxicating, there is no doubt that it can bring much pain when the all-too-human qualities of the targets of our obsessions become crushingly apparent, end quote. Hero worship, having outlandish expectations of, from somebody else, pinning your dreams and hopes on them, your sports team, your idol, your spouse, whatever. Not the way to go. Everybody's human. You're just seeing a tiny, tiny facet of them. And most of them are not even pretending that they are perfect. You are just assuming based on the one hour or one minute you see them that this is how they live the 24 hours. Not at all. All right. The second quote by Jiddu Krishnamurti. The moment you are aware of confusion, 
of exactly what is, you try to escape from it. Those sects which offer you a system for the solution of suffering, economic, social, or religious, are the worst. Because then, system becomes important and not man. Whether it be a religious system, or a system of the left, or of the right. System becomes important. The philosophy, the idea, becomes important and not man. And for the sake of the idea, of the ideology, you're willing to sacrifice all mankind, which is exactly what is happening in the world. The system has become important. Therefore, as the system has become important, men, you and I, lose significance. And the controllers of the system, whether religious or social, whether of the left or of the right, assume authority, assume power, and therefore sacrifice you, the individual. That is exactly what is happening. End quote. I got no commentary on this one, folks. It's a little too deep, and I barely, barely know what to make of it. But it seems to stir something inside me. So I wanted to put it out here. And the final quote by Carl Rogers. The great majority of us cannot listen. We find ourselves compelled to evaluate because listening is too dangerous. The first requirement is courage, and we do not always have it, end quote. Only last year I made the realization that I am a poor listener and that I could do a lot to improve that. It is because I'm constantly evaluating and judging and thinking of a retort that I am poor at listening to myself. And if I'm poor at listening to myself, of course I'm going to be poor at listening to others. To simply listen without judgment, to simply listen with awareness, and to accept it and to do nothing about it. I don't know if that's the first step or if that's all there is to it. But it seems like a good place to be. And... On to the final piece. Is your eating out of control? This is based on obviously personal experiences and seeing a lot of my students go through things that I'm venturing forth a few opinions. I want to make it clear, I have very little experience personally with an eating disorder or anything of that sort, but at the same time, nowhere am I close to perfect, or rather, I have my struggles with everything I am speaking about here. All right, caveat done, let's get on with it. So work's been hectic, a bunch of your colleagues got laid off, and your team has had to do more work. You have calls at all hours, right? Because Bay Area wakes up at this time, New York City at this time, Singapore at that time, blah, 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 you're up. Oh, so 
everybody's day seems to matter except yours and you got to bend over backwards and schedule calls during their day. So your schedule is out of control. It's out of your control. You have no time or energy to think about food. So food is whatever there is on the table, whatever is easy to order and devour. You walk out of a meeting at 6 p.m. and you still have three meetings to go. Thanks to the recent festival, or birthday, wedding, blah, 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 whatever. There's a bunch of snacks and pop in some candy, eat some cake and off you go. And then you're starting to feel more drained. Your work suffers, but you feel you have no choice but to work longer and harder because work keeps piling up. Food becomes a fun getaway, right? You can just relax about it. Everything seems to be crashing. So let me just enjoy this. I deserve it. You're putting up with so much shit at work. That's what you tell yourself. But it doesn't feel as good as it used to, right? I eat pizza every day for a week and tell me that it still feels awesome. And then you realize, is just your imagination or is this shirt just feeling a little snug than usual? What the F? All the hard work and discipline over the past few months have been destroyed because of this crazy face. You thought it'd be a week or whatever, but it's been six months and there's no end in sight. At home or at work or wherever, things have just been hectic that you do not have energy and see what happens. You put on so much weight and the self-criticism becomes extreme self-flagellation. So you decide to bring things back into your control. From zero control over your food, you are on a diet. You're going to cut out most of the calories or whatever the enemy is carbs or fats or whatever, and the pendulum swings all the way across. Now see, imbalance is fine. We find balance over a slightly longer time period. Maybe this month is hectic at work. Sure, work takes more precedence and you are not seeing your friends as often, but you can Sort that imbalance out over the next five months, let's say, by seeing your friends more regularly and work being normal. Or over the week, right? Five days, you work hard, weekend, chill. Or even a work day. Extremely focused on work and no time for anything else. And then three hours in the evening, you just chill and de-stress. This is okay, right? There's imbalance. And there's balance overall. But when it comes to food, we just go from this extreme lack of control to trying to control it to a silly extent. And this does not work. Why? Well, I don't think food is the problem. It is either your day, something you're not able to control or something you have ceded control over, which maybe you should not have. Working 12 hours a day or you lose your job. Is that really a situation you enjoy being? Of course not. 
you think you don't control it. You think you have to accept to all random meeting requests because it's daytime in New York City. Oh, that's their work day in San Francisco. Screw them. What about you? What about your life, your family, your friends? And so what happens? Because we don't confront the elephant in the room, we try to control smaller things. We lose control to our food because food does make us feel good. And then, because it makes us feel like shit, we try to bring back control. Well, I'm going to give you three things to think about. One, plan your weekly menu. Okay, plan it on a Saturday or a Sunday after you've had biryani or pizza or whatever it is that you enjoy. On a full stomach after a relaxed meal, plan the week's menu. Second, control your environment a bit more. If you're like me and you cannot have junk in your house because inevitably you somehow pop it into your mouth, get rid of it. No, don't wait for it to be over. Throw it in the dustbin. It's either your stomach or the dustbin. You pick. And no, actually, you don't pick. I've picked for you. Throw it in the dustbin. And just be aware of this. If you are stupidly eating everything in sight, and then you go into severely restricted eating, recognize it for the red flag. Maybe food is not the real issue, but something else in life is. Take that control back. Your auto control eating is a symptom of something else. Identify it, confront it, deal with it. And that's that, folks. Thanks for listening. You have a great weekend, and I'll see you later. This is Coach A signing off. Bye.